You are listening to Motivating from the Six, episode 59, the 500 book challenge for your kids. Let's go. Motivating from the Six. This is a podcast that is intended to change your life. It's intended to motivate you. It's intended to inspire you. It's intended to have you stand up in your circumstances, regardless of what you're going through, and demand change for the better. I am your host, Jeff Martin of jeffadmartin.com. Thank you so much for listening today. For all of you who have subscribed, for all of you who have downloaded, for all of you who have just tuned in, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart because I know that time is valuable. And if you have decided to listen to even just a snippet of this podcast, I just want to show my gratitude. If you are on that treadmill, if you are sitting on that beach in Dubai, if you are in an igloo in Antarctica, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Now, a few weeks ago, to be exact, episode 54, I spoke about investing in our children. And one of the things we have to do when it comes to investing in our children is teaching them how to fall in love with learning. Because even as adults, you are always learning. You always have to be open to learning. And one of the key elements to learning on the most basic levels is reading. You will never be good at math unless you're good at reading. You'll never be good at comprehension, at geography, at science, at biology, until you really understand the basic levels of reading. And today's guest has found a way for her own children to fall in love with reading. Miss Janine Lafayette. She has a great idea. It is the 500 book challenge and you got to do her a favor and follow her on social media. The number 500 and then books, 500 books. And I'm not going to go into the whole detail of what this 500 challenge book is, but what I'm telling you is that it works. If you have children and you want to help them to fall in love with reading, then you got to implement this challenge. I've done it with my two boys. I got three boys now, but I did it with my older two boys and it works and it works well. So let's get right into this interview today with Miss Janine Lafayette. And welcome back to Motivated from the Six. I am with a guest who is... uh, Doing something pretty special, I would like to say. Janine, how are you doing today? Janine Lafayette, how are you doing? Good. How are you? How are you, Jeff? Thanks for having I'm me. I'm good. I can't complain. Things are well. Things are well. So I got to tell you, about a year and a half ago, give or take, I was scrolling through social media, and I think I came across your uh, your social media platform called 500 Books. Right. And I was so intrigued. And so you have an article that's attached to it as well. Yes. And you talk about the fact that your daughter, well, I won't go into detail. I'll let you describe it. Okay. But uh, you guys reading 500 Books. Take us through that whole process and how the whole, whole idea came about. Yeah, absolutely. So it all started when my daughter, my, my only at the time, was in kindergarten. And she was just at a point where she was learning to read at school. Um, And she was just like really beginning, starting to sound out words. I think, you know, people who are exposed to kids that age, you know, they're they're just starting to to put things together. And Mm -hmm. for her, she was really struggling with it. 
I mean, like anything in life, like learning to walk or learning to talk, she was having a hard time at first. And as a parent, I was like, what can I do to help encourage her to get past, you know, the hard times and keep going? Mm -hmm. So her and I, uh, you know, set a goal together. We decided that we would read 500 books together in one year. So from a year from that day, we would track the books that we read and, and read 500 books together. Um, and for me, you know, I, I'm a parent, I'm not a teacher, I'm not a librarian, you know, I, I don't have any background with children education, but I did know reading was a part of my life growing up, and I did know that making it fun for her and setting a goal together was a great way to sort of see past some of the challenges and help her stick through it. So we did that. Um, yeah. I think you're referring to on social media, we created a, our Instagram page um, yes. Luckily, the handle 500 books was still available. So we, we snapped that up. Um, and what we started to do uh, was really just keep track. I took a picture of every type of every cover page. Um, and it was a way for us to see, oh, we hit 100 books. Oh, we hit 200 books. Oh, we're almost there or we're not on track. And we used that platform um, as a way of documenting the journey through that year and keeping track of all that we were reading. Okay, fabulous. Mm -hmm. So within the year, you and your daughter actually read 500 books. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I, it, it started for me, and I'm stumbling over words, it, stumbled, it started for us as I was reading to her, basically, and it was sure. her books, right? I mean, she was in kindergarten. I mean, the books yes. weren't very complicated. We could really get through two, three, four books in a, in a night, right, at bedtime. Sure. And through that year, it really progressed. Instead of me reading to her, she was starting to read back to me, or we would read together. You know, I would read a page, and she would read a page. And it really evolved to more complex books over that year, but it really started as picture books that we would pick up at the library, bring home, and read together at bedtime. And I just took a picture to, to keep track and to encourage her to keep going. Um, okay. so, so that's really how it all began. Amazing. Yeah. Why 500? Where did that number come from? <laughs> I know there was kind of no method to the madness there. I was just thinking to myself, you know, in a year, there's 365 days. You know, it's a bit of a stretch goal to continue to read every night, given everything that we have going on. So 500 seemed like a stretch goal, um, but still achievable for us. Um, and it actually was harder than I thought it would be, to be honest, okay. <laughs> you know, between, you know, being a working mom, you know, I was a single mom at the time that we started this challenge. That's another podcast. And, um, and also a working mom that was traveling as well. So it, it was hard to kind of keep it going every night to be like, oh, I'm, I'm home. Now I got to make time for this. Uh, and I think, you know, you, you sort of say in your other um, podcasts, just speak your goals. I think yes. having this goal with her and saying it out loud, we didn't let each other down. And it was a great exercise in goal setting for a kindergartner, <laughs> you know, yes. big life lesson um, that I didn't even realize at the time I was teaching, but it became a really great um, lesson for us in achieving our goals together. So what's cool is that you actually kept each other accountable because as you said, right. because you had a goal, something you had to achieve, 
you know, as tired as you were, I imagine on some nights and you would rather just go straight to bed. You're like, these are the things we have to achieve. Right. And I'm, I imagine there's times that she's like, mommy, we got to read our book, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, we were sort of egged each other on like that. And, it, you know, you speak your goals and you keep each other accountable because she would come to me holding a book at night. And some nights, to be honest, I was like, oh my goodness, this is the last thing I want to do right now. I have a dish of, you know, a sink full of dishes or like, I'm just spent. And how do you say no to a little face um, saying, mommy, you're helping me achieve my goals. And of course. You can't. <laughs> so I think having that goal set together was a big part of us doing it. Amazing. Yeah. Now, what's fabulous is that you started something within your household right. and you saw something positive within it to the point where you said, let me put it out there and let the world know what we're doing. So number one, you kept yourself accountable to the world by putting it on social media. Yeah. But you also sparked a little something. And we initially met because, again, I came across your social media about a year and a half ago. And I remember it stayed with me for a few days. And I'm like, this is such a great idea because we know that when it comes to literacy, there's always an issue. The statistics say that uh, the population is about uh, 42% at a low literacy rate. Right. And so, you know, I want the best for my kids. I want my kids to strive. And I believe that when it comes to education, everything starts with reading because yeah. whether it be math problems, whether it be geography, whatever it is, it all starts with reading. Yeah. So when I came across your social media page, I'm like, like I said, it stayed with me. I'm like, I got to do this. And so, I went to my boys, um, so it was about a year and a half ago, so they were about seven and four, give or take, at that point, mm -hmm. and I'm like, guys, what do you think about this? And they're both like, dad, that's a lot of books. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> but I'm like, look, and I showed them your social media page and the fact that you were doing it with your daughter, and when they saw that, they're like, okay, yeah, let's give it a try, and so I had made them a promise that if they were able to get the 500 books done within the year, that I would buy them a Nintendo Switch, which nice. they were able to achieve that goal, and I had to fork out the money and buy the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like I reached out to you and told you about that, and you you seem pretty excited that you had that influence on me, and I thank you for that. Have you had that influence on anybody else? Yeah, you know, it's it's a really interesting point. Like when we created our Instagram account, like you said, it was a way of putting ourselves out there, like putting our goal into the universe. Um, and being yes. able to track that. Um, for me, I also wanted to show a positive visual um, in social media. And I, I wasn't really thinking about the domino effect of that, right? You know, in our community showing uh, parent involvement and that sort of thing was uh, back of my mind, but it wasn't really forward facing. Um, mm. Through in 500 books for me on Instagram, I really connected with other um, teachers, parents, educators, other people in the community, the book community, but also our um, social community around the importance of this. And it really helped me build some bridges. Um, for my daughter, we had no incentive kind of at the end of the path for her. Um, but what became an incentive, and I list, I've listed a couple other positives that we can speak to, but what became an incentive was all of the encouragement that she was getting from our friends, wow. our family, outside of our, outside of our family that made her feel proud. And Amazing. that was the benefit that I really didn't anticipate. Um, through 500 books, you know, we've gotten an opportunity to talk to you through this amazing podcast. Yes. Um, we've been able to be featured on a few um, great blogs who've told our story. 
um, my daughter and I were interviewed on a morning news show as well, uh, talking about that um, and her getting the opportunity to go through a studio and, and meet these TV personalities that she knew through TV, you know, gave her even more confidence that doing this challenge was um, something that she should talk to and talk about. Amazing. You know, so going into school the next day after being interviewed on TV and having basically the entire school watch the episode, you know, she felt so proud that she was able to um, represent the story. Just oh, fabulous. Yeah. So besides her becoming a mini celebrity, <laughs> which it sounds like she, she has, what are some of the other positives that have come out of this whole thing? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny. So, you know, there, this has been a few years of a journey for us. We started this when she was in kindergarten. She, my daughter, Emmy, is now in grade three. Um, now we have a son as well. So we have a Congratulations. Um, so if you're following my Instagram stream, you can also see that we're reading to uh, my son now as well and fostering the, the love of reading through him. Um, but some of the other positives, I think you just touched on it, is reading skills are tied to so many things in education. And mm. I don't know if I really put that together when we started this challenge. Being able okay. to be more confident in reading helps in science. You know, just, just being able to read what um, you're, you're being presented or educators are telling you helps you to read math problems better. You know, geography, there's all these other layers within the education that your kids are exposed to that being a strong and confident reader will help them in other areas. Um, and we definitely found that for sure. Okay. Um, for us, it was also, I could see in my daughter, her ability to storytell, to express herself, okay. to, build, to build her own confidence because of what she was reading. And I found that happened a few months into the challenge for us. Um, so that was a really great benefit that I saw as well. For us also, I say stability. You know, we, I was a single mom in transition during this point. We were, um, you know, rebuilding our family. We were moving. She was going to a new school. But the consistency okay. of having our challenge through that year was a common thread. And it helped to build our relationship. Amazing. We had that time together. Um, and a bit of a distraction. I mean, I think for book lovers, there's also that... Um, we talk about escapism through books, <laughs> yes. you know, and that books can take you to another world, um, expose you to all these things. And I think that she got the benefit of that also. Wow. Amazing. Um, I, 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 I personally got a lot out of the experience as well. Um, and exposure to other things that I never would have done if I hadn't have undertaken this challenge. Um, what, what, uh, was really interesting for our experiences. I, I spend a lot of time in the library, right? So <laughs> when you're trying to read 500 books, <laughs> we were in various libraries all the time. I'm sure you can right. imagine just loading up bags of books to take home. And what I found in that experience is I would sit with my daughter and read out loud to her in the library and show her the pictures. And, you know, I'm an animated speaker. And I would find, you know, little kids start to congregate to our area, right? Like, so they would come to us okay. and just sit in front of me um, 
And it was so funny. It was like we were really drawing a lot of the other kids in. And it gave wow. me an opportunity to talk to the other parents in the library, parent to parent, not parent to librarian or any of those things, to say, oh, this is a really great book. You should check it out. Or no, this is what I found in my experience. Wow. Right. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah, I've been, I also do, from that experience, have done other storytelling at events, at camps, trying to expose other kids to stories and, and you know, books that also reframe, you know, I, I spend a lot of time reading sort of biographies, so sharing okay. people's experiences through books, um, you know, books on Nelson Mandela or Muhammad Ali that really do a great job of painting a picture about a person that sometimes doesn't come across as well in um, voice. So, yeah, so it's been a really great opening up those opportunities that we really wouldn't have seen in that, in that way, you know, from Black History Month to Kwanzaa to, you know, African-centric summer camps. Um, wow. There's been a lot of great exposure. I was part of a also a, a Instagram um, collaboration around Black History 365 book recommendations. Okay. So it's been, it's been great. So I was going to talk to you about that, the hashtag Black History 365 yeah. books. What is that exactly? Yeah, so it actually started with a friend that I connected um, in Instagram with, on Instagram with. Um, she brought together a number of different sort of bookstagrammers, <laughs> if you need okay. a term to throw into the atmosphere. You know, we were Instagrammers that were into books. And she wanted to make sure that the... Um, you know, the conversation around Black History Month is not a month. You know, it's 365 days a year. And we Absolutely. really wanted to show exposure to books, um, whether they were books aimed at adults or books aimed at children with this narrative throughout the year. So I was able to collaborate with a few different Instagrammers on that project. Um, and I focused on books for children. In that, in that. Amazing. But oh, that's then, fabulous. It's been it's been great to sort of connect with others. I mean, one thing that we also did was um, a, ha a Halloween book giveaway, which was also inspired by another friend that I connected with online. And so, how did that work? Was it a Halloween party, and in the process, rather than giving candy, you gave books? Well, sort of. Yeah. It, I mean, as simple as it sounds, um, we decided one year that we were going to collect books. Um, from our friends and family. I also trolled a lot of used bookstores and we had a big sort of a, a book giveaway. I, um, I had some in, in my community. I also gave to friends in other communities in our city. Um, and we asked them to just set the books aside with their candy. And the books mm. were, you know, uh, for children of all ages really, um, and geared to people that were coming for candy but they would also have an opportunity to get a free book in that, in that process as well. You know what? I love that. My kids will tell you I'm a bit of a Grinch when it comes to candy, <laughs> just because, you know, I just don't want their teeth rotten and, you know, I don't know, maybe it's in my own head, but I love the fact of giving away books instead of candy because they're going to learn something instead of just loading their bodies up with sugar. Right. So I think that's a fabulous idea. It's funny because sort of in my community, Halloween, my entire family goes out, you know, my husband and I, our kids, we all get dressed up and we leave. Um, and we okay. set outside of our door sort of a bucket with the candy and a bucket with the books. 
Um, and you know what the first year that we did it I remember going trick-or-treating to other houses and hearing other kids being like oh that house has books um, which made me feel excited. <laughs> so it was a good thing. They were yeah, saying it, it in a good way. They were like, oh, that's different. That house has books. Like, go to that okay. house to get it while you still can. Okay. <laughs> which is because I know sometimes with the kids, I remember when I was a kid in the streets and you'd, you'd hear those conversations, but it was about the house that didn't have the good candy. So that's why I was verifying if they were cool with getting the books. Well, we always had flip side in my community when whenever someone had, you know, the bigger chocolate bars or like a can of Coke, you would hear yeah. about it through the other kids. Like, go to number yeah. four. That's where you need to Absolutely. Have. So there's a word out there so, that you guys have books yeah. and kids are flocking to your house. Yeah, word on the street. So it, it was an experience. That's amazing. That's amazing. So statistics say that when it comes to adults, adults read, um, they say, less than one book a year on average. So yeah. meaning that once adults, you know, they grow up and they finish, whether it be high school or university, most adults don't crack open a book ever again, right? right based on the statistics. Yeah. And you just posted something on your Instagram that talks about the main source of encouragement. It says that 82% of, of encouragement for kids when it comes to reading comes from their parents. Are you an average reader yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think there's, there's two things there. Um, there's as a parent showing your, your kid that you read for interest or fun and then mm. reading to your child, right? So there's, I think, two parts of this. One is showing your child that you, as a, you are a reader and that you read by choice and for fun and for information signals to them that they can do it outside of school and they are encouraged to do it outside of school. So right. oftentimes, you know, my, my, our family, my daughter and I, and, uh, we, you know, we'll be all sitting on a couch, the four of us, all with our own books, reading in parallel, right? So, wow. like, reading beside each other our own books. It's just to encourage them that we read, too. You know, it's not a chore. It's not homework. It's not, you know, you're not, you're not having to do this for school. We read for fun, and you can read for fun. You, you got to get a fifth person person in that room to actually take a picture of the four of you reading because that's an image that we have to put out there. You're so we don't right. See that. You really got to put that out there. You're so right. I will have to do that. It's funny because in those moments you don't even like. Is this social media worthy? You're just you're sitting there. My phone is probably charging at the other end of the room, and you're like, yeah. But I'm really into this book right now. <laughs> so, right, yes, yes. Um, so I think that that's one visual and I think lesson. And the second is just reading aloud. And there's statistics, I posted it on my um, stream, but there's other statistics that I know as well, that as children age, parents read less and less to them, right? Because right. the child is learning to read. And there's yeah. a big drop off. You know, from kindergarten, parents reading to their child to grade one, two, and as a child ages, um, you know, parents are no longer reading. But science and the studies say that you should continue reading to your um, child even to ages nine, 10, 11. Mm. Um, don't stop reading because your child can read. Okay. And part of the reasons why are that you can help them develop language that they are not ready for 
you can read sure. books that are more complicated than their skill level with them. And it has some of the same benefits as reading when they're younger. They get a sense of bonding with you. Um, you know, the, don't stop reading because your child is past the age when they're learning to read is really the message and the science. And I would encourage people to do that as well. Oh, that's amazing. And that makes so much sense. You're right. The, the reading side, the literacy side, but then the bonding as well. There's nothing that can compare. Uh, again, going through my own 500 book challenge with my kids, there was a ton of bonding that was going on. And even though we finished that challenge and we don't keep track anymore at this point, yeah. every night we still read our books. And there's a that's the bonding moment. That's daddy time with the kids or that's mommy time with the kids or that's family time when we all get together and we read about, you know, whatever it is that we're reading about at that time. It's, it's really important to, to get that bonding in. Yeah. And I mean, even reading... It, it, an example could be, you know, a parent that's reading to their child, maybe a book that's more geared to adults, maybe like a self-help type book, mm -hmm. you know, but they're reading it together. You know, it could be a magazine. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a book. You know, mm -hmm. just keep encouraging that reading aloud together is really, from what I understand and what I've been reading, really great. Fabulous. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. So I came across a stat a couple of years ago from 2015, and it's from the Cooperative Children's Book Center. Okay. And it talks about the breakdown of characters in children's books. And so the yeah. stats that it gives, it says that 73% of characters in children's books are Caucasian or white characters. 12% or 12.5% are animals or inanimate objects. Yeah. And then from there, it just totally drops down. So 7.6% characters are black, 2.4% are Hispanic, 3.3%, uh, I think it was, was Asian. And it, it just basically, what this stat shows is that there's missing elements. There's demographics that are not reflected in the majority of children's books. Now, going through the process of reading all the books that you and your daughter have read, did you come across that? Absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought this up because <laughs> I wanted to speak to it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, you, you really can't walk into a library, a bookstore, um, and not notice that it's harder to find books that represent people of color or, you know, diversity in religion or, you know, able body to, um, you know, it's harder to find these things. And I know the exact graphic that you're speaking to when you say mm. the representation. Um, I came through, you know, this challenge as a lot of people were talking about diversity in books. And when we started this journey, you know, the first 500 posts that we put were just the cover of the books. Um, all of the posts after that really personalized us, you know, showed us as a family, as readers. And that really opened up to um, people that, for one, I wanted to see more representation of us in books. There's a really interesting insight we call it mirrors and windows into the world. And that books should reflect mirrors in that they reflect that child's own experience and own life back to them. And windows in that they give children a chance to view 
the world or view someone else's life. Mm. And when you think about mirrors and windows and what is represented in publishing, it's really challenging because we're only seeing, no, we're not seeing ourselves. So right. a big part of you know, this journey for us has been, how do we encourage um, you know, people of color as publishers, writers, illustrators to get attention for their work? Um, mm. And how do we encourage publishing companies to say, yes, we want to represent different uh, you know, diversity in what they bring out into uh, the, uh, the marketplace? It's crazy to me that there is more representation of animals, trucks, than yes. basically all people of color. Yes. Um, and what does that say? And what message does that give? The absolutely. Case? I mean, it's absolutely. So I would say, you know, for us, it's been a, a bit of a balancing act. We often promote and post and, and amplify the voice of diverse books. Um, you know, I, uh, last year you know, for Eve, we were talking about book recommendations there. You know, we often share some of the new work from publishers and writers and illustrators um, of our community. It's, it's hugely important, and I would say as consumers, to also be more mindful of what we're buying and what we're supporting. Um, I recently gave a birthday gift for my, for my niece, her first birthday. Um, I gave her a, a stack of books of diverse characters because <laughs> I felt like nice. that was going to live with her longer than any cute outfit I could have gotten her. Of course. <laughs> they grew out of those things so fast. You know, it, you just got to be mindful as consumers um, as well, for sure. Absolutely. That's amazing. So I've heard Beverly Cleary, who is a famous author, I've heard her say, if you don't see the book on the shelf that you, that you want, go out and write it. And so I've done that. And oh, so uh, currently I'm actually working on a children's book. And so, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. I, I'm hoping it's going to be out sometime this summer. But one of the things that I'm involved with is I go out to different schools and I often bring uh, friends of mine, um, business people and, and professionals with me to speak to these kids. Because I think it's important. You just talked about mirrors and, and windows yes. and giving kids an opportunity to see what their life could look like as an adult. And wow. so I bring professionals with me who are from very similar demographics and neighborhoods who are, who become successful in many senses of the term. Yeah. And again, giving these kids an opportunity to see themselves in that role. And so one day, middle of the night, that's when all my ideas come to me, like four in the morning, <laughs> I, it just, it shoots me out of bed. And so the idea came to me about two years ago to create a children's book, to uh, show some of these professionals to these kids. Cause I can't get to every school. I can't get to every child and I can't get these professionals to these kids, but maybe I can create a book where I can show these real life people to these kids. And so that's the premise of this book. Again, it should be out uh, sometime this year. I'm definitely going to get you a copy because the fact that you've gone through so many books, you, in my opinion, have become a pro in terms of what's out there. So I'm definitely going to get you a copy. I definitely have a lot of hours behind our reading. So I'd love to see what you've come up with. I mean, it's, it's a great quote. I've, I've said, you know, you can't be what you can't see. Um, yes. You have to show people what the opportunities are so that they can visualize these things um, in their lives, absolutely. That's exciting, I'm excited for you. Oh, thank you so much. You're right, just what you talked about right there. We talk about 
um, you know, going back to United States President Barack Obama yeah. and how he was the first black president. And so now there are children out there who have physically seen it. And that just uh, it goes in the subconscious of their mind to let them know that they can actually achieve it. And, you know, these are the things that we need to have seen in many different cultures, cultures who don't necessarily have the representation in certain areas when they see themselves on TV. You know, we go back to even the Cosby show and yeah. seeing a doctor, you know, who delivered babies, an obstetrician on TV. Again, that's something that wasn't regularly seen. And his wife and so, is a lawyer as well. Right. His mother. Absolutely. I mean, it's it impacted, I think, our generation and we need to continue to to talk about these stories. Oh yeah, for sure. At one point in time, I wanted to be an obstetrician because of that, right? I don't know what detoured me along my path, but it was in my mind at one point in time. And so we get these because we see other people doing it, whether through TV, whether it be through media, or as we're talking about through books. And, and books is so fantastic because we're getting these kids at an early age, right? A kid who's three or four year old, three's three or four years old, may not be sitting in front of a TV screen watching the Cosby show, you know, back in the 80s, but they will be reading a book. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. So let's talk about some of your favorites. First of all, I want to know some of your favorites when it comes to kids' books, but you as an adult, I want to hear some of your favorites as well. So let's talk about the children's books. What are some of your favorites? Yeah. So I, um, I, I want it. So I actually asked my daughter for some of her favorites, which changes all the time because we're always reading. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what her favorite book is. Um, we posted not too long ago um, a cover of a book called Polly Diamond and the Magic Book, which okay. blew through. It's a it's an early reader book. Um, it's an uh, sort of a, a easier chapter book. So it's mm -hmm. a great book for children who are transitioning to chapter books, but may not okay. have you know, more advanced reading skills. It's probably good for sort of a grade one and grade two age. Um, and she's read it in grade three as well. She read it basically in a day. Um, and it's about uh, a little girl and, and you'll see on the cover, it's a little black girl um, with glasses and she's hugely interested in um, dreaming up stories and imagination. Um, okay. And my daughter really related to that character. So I would say that's one um, book to definitely check out. The other series of books that my daughter really likes um, are the Junior Genius Guides. Um, and it's written by Ken Jennings, who's the Jeopardy, uh, he's the Jeopardy oh, yes. champion. Like he's won like 75 Jeopardies. Yes, like $3 million. yes Ken Jennings. He has a series of um, nonfiction books called the Junior Genius Guides. Um, wow. Read Junior Genius's Guide to Ancient Egypt, Junior Genius's Guide to Greek Mythology, Junior Genius's Guide to Maps and Geography. Wow. And what's really cool is just the language of these books are super kid appropriate. Um, it's got fun tips and little quizzes and things you didn't know. And that was a really great read aloud book for us. You know, one, wow. I was learning stuff as a parent. Like when I hadn't learned anything about ancient Egypt, I think ever. Um, so it was really great to sort of consume that together. Um, and we tested each other at the end of the book. There's a really great quiz at the end. So I just barely beat my nine-year-old. <laughs> so that's a good one to check out. 
Um, my daughter also said recently that one of her favorite books was Anne of Green Gables. Um, oh, my wife would love that. So we read the first book together. That was one of our read out loud projects a couple months ago. And I'm actually really surprised that she said it was her favorite. Like we identify with Anna Green Gables because she's so, I don't know what the right word is. She's just so cerebral. Like she's um, really magical. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I think that's a really great one as well. Wow. For my son, so my son is two. Okay. Yeah, he, uh, he's a big reader too. So at the end of the night, you know, b bedtime, we say, go get a book. He'll, he'll say, book, read. Um, he's super into it now. Nice. He really likes um, At a Twist Scientist um, by Andrea Beatty, which is a book that I've read with my daughter as well when it first came out about a year ago. Okay. So At a Twist is the third book in a series by the same writer-illustrator combination. Um, they... The, the Add a Twist book um, is about a little black girl who discovers at age two and three that she's into science. She doesn't talk until about three years old. Then she starts talking and asking all sorts of questions. Why, what, how, how does this work? <laughs> and in the book, wow. um, she, uh, you know, through the book, she becomes a super curious um, child and her parents encourage that by the end of the book and she mm. is destined to be a scientist. Um, and my son loves it because it's sort of set in rhyme. He sort of like speaks the rhyme out as we're reading. Okay. Um, he likes to point at all the little, there's little intricate drawing in the illustrations. So he likes to point out that's an octopus, that's a car. Um, so it's a fun, he, it's his go-to um, book that he always goes to. And I wonder whether it is because it's the little black girl that kind of looks like him. Um, but I guess time will tell. Okay. Uh, the other book that he really likes is The Day the Crayons Quit. Um, uh. New Day Walt and Oliver Jeffers. Um, it's such a classic. Oliver Jeffers is, is awesome. Um, this one has a, it's, it's basically a letters written by crayons to the crayons owner, um, a little boy. And every okay. page is a little letter by the different color crayon. So one page will be the color red, who's like, why are you always using me to draw hearts on Valentine's Day? You know, I'm tired. <laughs> and then oh, the next page cute. will be the blue crayon, and the next page will be the black crayon. And it's great for my son, who's also learning his colors right now as well. So yeah, so from a children's book, you know, what I'm definitely finding is the books that we were reading to my daughter, you know, when she was three, four, and five, we're recycling now again with our son. So it's great to have these books in your, in your home. And I'm a big believer in having books everywhere. We have books in the living room, in the kids' rooms, in my bedroom, in the car, on the kitchen table, because <laughs> I want them to be, you know, within reach. Absolutely. And you know what? The books you just described sound amazing. I'm definitely going to go looking for those with my kids. And uh, I'm going to spit out a couple myself. So there's a series that I, I love. It's a, a biography book and it's, it's a little bit older. You know, you might want to read it with your children or your older children, your older uh, children might read it, but it's biography books. So they have different ones. Uh, one on um, who is Michael Jackson, uh, oh, yeah. who is Muhammad Ali, you know, those, right? So what I love about those is that we've gone through a number of those, for example, who is Stevie Wonder? 
And so every time we read a chapter, they want me to go on YouTube and find the song. So not only am I teaching them about reading and the love of reading, but they're learning about the music, like the history of music. Like I'm playing old Motown stuff for <laughs> an eight and a five-year-old, yeah. right? Like they love it. It's, it they, they just love it. So Jeff, I mean, like, honestly, that's what's so awesome about children's biography books, right? Like they are yes. digestible. You can read them in one go and it prompts yes. me as a parent and I think the kids as well to learn more about that person, um, which is amazing. Like I've taken children's biography books in for storytelling with older kids as well, like 11, 12, 13, because my, their attention spans are like, you know, the size yes. of my pinky, but if I can get their attention for the 10 minutes it takes to read this, then hopefully it's prompting something else. What's cool about Who Is, um, if you're on Netflix, there's also a new Netflix series um, where they act out the different characters on the Who Is. Wow. Check that out. Really? Yep. Oh yeah. man, you're opening my mind tonight. Today, I gotta, I gotta look at we some of these things. Talk, though. Like every few months, I'll like give you, give you what I know. It'll be fun. Yes, yeah, <laughs> for sure. We'll keep sharing. We'll keep sharing. Mm -hmm. So, as an adult now, so we talked about the whole importance of having your children see you as an adult read. What are some of yeah. your personal favorites? Oh, it's really hard <laughs> to pick. Um, one of the things I always say, uh, Maya Angelou. Toni Morrison, um, they were like the staples that really got me reading. Um, not got me reading, but but just opened my eyes to different things. And Toni Morrison, The Bluest Eye, is a book that I reread every few years. And every okay. time I read it, it tells me something different about myself. Um, so I would say like those are Toni Morrison's Blue Eye came out in the early 70s, you know, like 10 to 12 years before I was born. Um, right. Still, like, touches me um, every single time that I read it. So that's one of the books, for sure. Wow. Um, also, I recently reread Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. So two different on the spectrum, I guess, of reading. Blue Eye being a nonfiction and so poetic in how Toni Morrison speaks. Um, Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg is about women um, leaning into their careers. Um, and I recently reread re that and also bought um, 20 copies for women in my company's organization. Uh, so that was a really great pass along uh, wow. that I shared with um, a, a few women in, in our team as well. Wow. So, Cheryl's a powerful woman. Um, I've heard her TED Talks and... Yeah. and powerful powerful uh, a businesswoman and, and very uh tuned in to what's going on in the business world yeah and i mean it just prompts so many more conversation about how um, we perceive ourselves how we perceive ourselves and hold ourselves back um and mm -hmm. what we can do to address that and it was a, it's always it's a great it's a great read for sure Amazing. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I got to say right now, the book, so I, I'm very much into personal development, yeah. self-help type books right now, because that's the direction that this podcast and everything I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, one of the, my favorite books I got to say is by Lisa Nichols called No Matter What. And I have bought that book and given it away at least five or six times. Rebought a new copy for myself and given it away <laughs> because it just, it's so powerful. And She's just an amazing speaker. If you go on YouTube and just listen to some of the things she talks about, um, one of her 
one of her speeches on YouTube, she was on a show called, I believe it's called IQ, now called The Impact Theory. Uh, Tom Bayou is the name of the um, the host that hosts uh, the Impact Theory. But if you look her up on YouTube, her speech is just amazing. And I was going through a time when I was kind of going back and forth with an idea in my head. And should I follow through? Should I not? And should I get other people involved? And listening to her speak, it just blew my mind. And I went forward with the idea because she just convinced me, like, you got to keep going. Like, you have one life to live. You got to enjoy it. You got to do everything you can while you're here. And then, yeah, I picked up her book, her very first book. Um, well, she was involved in The Secret, and then she's also involved in Chicken Soup for the Soul. Oh, yeah. But her very first solo book, I believe, is what it is, um, no matter what. Again, just super powerful. I would love for you to read it, and let's have a discussion about that. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that you're getting this out of a book, and you're passing that book along. That speaks to so much power. Absolutely. Abs absolutely. Yeah, it's important. And like you said, we can put ourselves in another realm. You know, when you're reading a book, you can step out of your own area, your own space and just imagine being somewhere else and really seeing the world in a different way and just opening up your mind and your thinking to that as well. Absolutely. I would say the one other hot book that I would say look into, especially if you're gift giving aunts, uncles, grandparents, parents, whatever, Little, Leader, Little Leaders, Bold Women in Black History. Um, the writer is Vashti Harrison. So she, this was her first book. She's the writer and illustrator. Um, it's, it shows just women through history um, and short little, you know, this is their bio and a great picture of how they're represented. The great thing about this is the book came out last Christmas. Um, this year, she's got a board book version of it for younger kids. Wow. Um, and I think later this year, there's another version with more women as in more, um, not just black women, but women from all, um, uh, it's a more diverse book. So that's definitely something to reach out to. She's been getting a lot of um, attention and I would just continue to fan that flame um, and say to check her out for sure. Oh, amazing, amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been fabulous. I feel like I've had my mind blown today. I love reading. I'm a big fan of reading. And I think it's important, like you talked about, to be that example for our kids. So if you want your kids to read, then open up a book. Turn that TV off. You know, that Housewives of whatever is always going to be there. Yep. But, you know, you open that book up and you show your kids. You give them that visual of you sitting on that couch and reading. They are going to do the same. They're going to follow in your footsteps. So thank you for being that example and for highlighting that and, and, and all the great books that are out there that we all have to go out and read. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Oh yeah, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. All right. Bye for now. All right. We are back. Thank you so much, Janine. I appreciate the words of wisdom that you were able to give us today. So you got to understand that the basics of everything we do comes from reading. And again, as I said at the beginning of the show, if you want your children to be good at math, if you want them to be good at spelling, at comprehension, at science, at arithmetic, regardless of what it is, they really have to understand the basics of learning and fall in love with the basics of learning. 
I was at a library once and I was speaking to a librarian and she told me that when it comes to boys, many boys fall off around the third grade level, just not wanting to read anymore and falling out of love with reading. This is a great idea. Everything that Janine talked about today, they are great ideas to bring to our children so we can push our children forward so they can become whoever they want to become. But to do that, they have to start with reading. All right, good people, listen up. Your children have to fall in love with the idea of reading. And I get it. It can be difficult, especially with today's day and age. There's so much videos out there the kids want to watch. There's so much video games they want to play. But we really have to take things back to the basics and teach them, not just teach them how to read, but how to fall in love with reading. If you want your child to be a doctor, have them fall in love with reading. If you want them to be a scientist, to be a world changer, to be a president, to be a prime minister, to be a CEO of a major company, and these are all things that I believe we all want for our children. We all want the best for our kids. Have them fall in love with reading. Give them an incentive when it's all said and done, because in the end, they're going to work towards that incentive, but while they're doing that, they are learning the basics, the understanding of reading. When you can understand reading to its fullest potential, you can take it and you can move mountains. Honestly, you can do so much with it. But any level of change within this world, you really have to start with the basics of education. In a lot of countries where there's not a lot of education, they start with the basics of reading. When they learn the basics of reading, they can grow from there and expand their mind. But you have to start with reading. Starting with reading, you can actually take yourself to other countries, to other places, to other planets, just through reading. This is not just for kids as well. We're talking about the 500 book challenge for children. But adults, parents, you have to fall in love, fall back in love with reading. So your children can see that you're sitting on that couch reading a book and they'll start to do the same. All right, good people. I'll see you at the top of the next episode. Peace.